When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. He blitzes right past Marshawn to the net. Dishes. What timer score? Leon Dreisaitl. What a play by McDavid. Dreisaitl's got it back. 10 seconds to play. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. The Edmonton Oilers have just wrapped up their practice at the downtown community rink. First time on the ice coming out of the All-Star break and the bye week. Oscar Kleffbaum and Andre Sekra both practicing. Now Clefbaum just uh, following some reports here from uh, people at practice on Twitter. He did go off to the side and get his left hand looked at. Of course he's coming back off that finger injury. Daniel Nugent Bowman from The Athletic tweeting out, Clefbaum said he felt good on the ice. The Oilers practice tomorrow morning and he and the team will decide then if he can make the upcoming road trip. So Clefbaum is not a sure thing at the moment to uh, play on the weekend in Philadelphia and Montreal. He does have a protective pad over the left ring and baby fingers on the front part of his hand. So that is something to keep an eye on there. The Oilers need him back, hoping to get him back as they try to make a playoff push here over the final 32 games of the season. They will play Philadelphia on Saturday. The Flyers have won five straight and they're in a 1-1 tie with Boston early in the second period. Also early in the second, Devils up 2-1 on the Rangers. And just getting underway, it is the Blue Jackets and the Jets. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chat. a lot to get tonight. We'll bring you further updates and audio from the Oilers practice as we move along this evening. But first our weekly special guest. Time now for our top five saves, brought to you by Calcium Rich Tums. Here we go, Dirk Graham against Kelly Rudy. Graham shoots, save in the glove of Kelly Rudy. Watch Graham right here, he'll pull it back into his own feet. He leans to the left, tries to go to the right, and as always, Kelly Rudy has the glove hand out. Oh, there it is from the top five saves of the weeks from the second week of March in 1995. Kelly Rudy stoning Dirk Graham on a penalty shot. You gave him nothing, Kelly. You took everything away. Boy, do I ever have great memories of that. By the way, I have a score update. Boston just went up 2-1 over Philly, passing that just scored a few seconds ago. But boy, do I ever have uh, vivid memories of that uh, particular game. Uh, because there was a lot of drama leading up to it. As you mentioned, the date. So it was late in the season. We were still in a playoff uh, race. Um, we come from uh, uh, Dallas, I believe. I think I shut out the Dallas Stars. And then we had two or three days off in the beautiful city of Chicago. And one of my uh, great teammates, Tony Granado, 
recommended we go to a place called the Rosebud. If anybody has ever been to Chicago, the Rosebud is an institutional uh, institution there in Chicago. There, I think they have like three or four locations. Tony loved that place. We had a team meal. It was awesome. We had the coaching staff. We had scouts in. Everybody was there. But unfortunately, we had a little bit too much fun. And uh, I actually tell this uh, story in my book as well, so you can get more details there. But we got into a heated argument, a bunch of our players with uh, uh, Ace Bailey, whom we all love. But again, we're, we're just so passionate. And so my good friend Pat Conacher felt attacked in this, at this dinner. So he literally stepped up on top of the table. We had a big, long table with, I don't know, 30, 40 people there. And... The restaurant still had people in there, and my friend Pat Conacher walked towards Ace Bailey to challenge him to a fight. So, unbelievable. We ended up winning a couple nights later. Um, Then I think we went to uh, Winnipeg after that, but just what a – I mean, we all loved Ace. Tragically, we lost him in 9-11. But, uh, man, it's amazing when you pick a date and uh, an incident, uh, maybe in a game that might spark your memory, what you can come up with, eh, Reed? March 9th, 1995, you made 36 saves and uh, you led the Kings to a 4-3 victory over Chicago. And I should tell people, I have never once pre-warned you of the audio or musical nope. jingles I'm going to play. Nope. And, you, and, you, and, and, and you always have some sort of story <laughs> about that game. And I, you know, I've often picked penalty shots or great saves where... You know, I would hope you would remember. You probably don't remember uh, snaring a dump in from center, but, uh, <laughs> but well, maybe you do. It's amazing what what athletes remember sometimes. But that was a good stop on on Dirk Graham, who I believe had a hat trick uh, in a losing cause in a Stanley Cup final game against the Penguins. The year, yeah, he was he was an excellent player. I, I played against him in junior, so I'd known uh, a lot about Dirk. And uh, he was a uh, uh, Blackhawks captain at the time. So this was a, that was a big save. And, uh, you know, that was uh, a time in our season where I believe we missed the playoffs by one point, which, by the way, Reed, that was horrible to go through. But it, that launched that season, because we missed the playoffs by a point, that launched my broadcasting career. And because the day I got home from we ended the season in Chicago, day I got back, I walked into the house and my wife Donna said, hey, a guy by the name of John Shannon, executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada, he called and he wants you to call him back. And, and that day I was invited uh, to start to my uh, broadcasting career and luckily for me I'm still around. Still rolling, still joining us every week on Inside Sports. We love having you. So Kelly, from your memories to the present day, I was talking about the Oilers being Back on the ice, Clefbaum, you know, it sounded like he was going to play pretty much for sure Saturday before the Oilers went into the break. Now uh, we got to wait and see how he does tomorrow morning. They will skate again tomorrow morning. But the Oilers coming off this long break, and every team in the NHL has it this year because you either had your bye before or after the All-Star break. So it's about a week and a half for more teams. From your view, positives and negatives, if, if you have any of both, of, of having such extended time off mid-season? Yes, of course. I have uh, memories of uh, both situations. So typically, I would say that I wouldn't like a break that long. Uh, for a goaltender, I think it's a little bit uh, more difficult. I believe in talking, in my experience, and talking to most goalies, anytime you have as many as two days off, then you seem like you're out of rhythm, and it seems as though your eyes 
have to catch up to the speed of the puck again, as, as odd as that sounds. But two days was my magic number. I hated anything more than that. Uh, and, you know, the skaters, I think it just comes a little bit more naturally simply because they don't have to stare down a 100-mile-an-hour slap shot or whatever and try and track it. You know, they, their game is altogether different. Uh, the positive, though, when I look at this, the timing of this whole thing, Reed, it, I think it, it, uh, this is better than it was in the past and that it's all in around late January, early February, because right now I think you can overcome a little bit of that rustiness because the urgency of the games. And so my point being is when uh, the All-Star weekend is over, then it's, you know, I love because it's back to business. Now every game really seemed as though it meant more because I always found January for me, that was a real difficult month to get through. You know, you go from the Christmas holidays and you're looking forward to the All-Star break, and then it's full on, and I always thought that those were the best games we ever played. It was in uh, February and March getting ready for playoffs, and then the game goes to an entirely different level. So I would view it both ways. But not the most ideal circumstances, yet if you view it properly, you can make this break into something really great. Well, it's going to be interesting for the Oilers. They're in that huge pack of teams. I know they're only three points out of a playoff spot. There, there's more teams between them in that playoff spot that I would like, but but they are in there. They're going to have to have an extended hot streak. They're going to have to get the goaltending, obviously. Uh, I got this stat for you here, Kelly. When they had that 9-2-2 two and two run under Hitchcock, they had a 9-23 yep. save percentage. That was yep. best in the NHL from November 19th to December 15th. Since then, the save percentage, this is Talbot and Koskinen combined, is 880. That's 29th in the NHL since the middle of December. So, yeah, you know. 880 is not very good at all. If you're anywhere below 895, you're, you're, that's actually quite hard to do, to play, uh, to have a percentage that low so that tells you in today's game how uh how you need better goaltending than that to get back into this okay clef bomb i was talking about him i mean he, he will be back barring you know something really bad happening maybe it's not this weekend maybe we get into next week he will be back look i i i don't like to use injuries as an excuse but you have to be realistic. The Oilers are a better team with Oscar Clefbaum on the ice. The the debate I think comes what is his impact? How much better can they be? Uh, how much did he contribute to? Uh, you know, how much has his absence contributed to the Oilers being outshot in eighty-five percent of their games since he he went out? For, from your view, Kelly, what is your expected impact of Clefbaum being back in the Oilers lineup? Should be enormous. Uh, I'm a big fan. He's a real impactful player uh, most nights. Uh, I like the way that he plays. Uh, can move the puck. He's a good passer. Uh, can skate. Uh, great shot. We've seen that uh, a couple of years ago um, uh, on full display. Uh, but uh, you know, here's a guy that I really do think that uh, is the guy, the kind of guy that you need every single night uh, because he drives uh, the bus. He's he's back there. He's the force on the back end, and and I think he's going to be really good for them now. The only problem is when, and we've seen this so many times in the history of the game, you come back and you're usually really great in the first game, and oftentimes you slide a little bit for the next, you know, three, four, five games, and then all of a sudden you get it back again. And 
but it's it's a strange thing when you come back from injury, boy, you, because you, you spend so much energy in that first outing, and you're almost drained in your next game. And emotionally, it's really difficult to get back there because you're so emotionally invested in that first game back. So we'll see how he uh, performs after that first one. Yeah, I mean they've they've missed his ability to just cleanly get the puck out of their end and and you know yeah. deceive four checkers with a with a look off or a little delay and the Oilers have have really missed that. I I'm not saying well with him they're uh, what are they without him six twelve and one. I'm not saying they're twelve six and one if he's in the lineup, but they might have scratched out another couple of victories. All right, Kelly. Yeah. It's uh, time to have some fun. It is the Super Bowl on Sunday. Uh, you're known in the past. I don't know which way you're going to go today for outrageous football predictions. I believe one year, I believe a couple years ago, you took the Stampeders to win 66-1. I can't remember if that was when they were playing Ottawa or Toronto. Of course, they they did not win by that score, nor did they even win the games those years. Uh, but it is New England uh, and the Rams. It's funny. Brady's first Super Bowl was against the Rams, the St. Louis Rams, and Kurt Warner who's now broadcasting, he's made the same transition you did. That's how long they've been good. Rams got an exciting team, too. I mean, it always appears close when you go into these. What are you thinking? Well, uh, I'm thinking that the Rams, because they had such a great season, as you you mentioned, uh, they've got so many good players, and uh, their system uh, I really enjoy watching. But for some reason, I'm going to go with my gut, and I'm going to go with the Patriots simply because... uh, with Belichick, Brady, and uh, Gronkowski, I just, you know, it's magic what they do. And in particular, they never seem to get rattled. And, uh, uh, you know, the last game two weeks ago was great evidence of that. It, it seemed as though, boy, time was running down on them, and, and they just find a way. They Their play calling uh, is remarkable, and it seems to really confuse the opposition. So I'm going to go Patriots, and I'm going to go 28-21, and I think it's going to be a great one. Oh, I, I already wrote down that you took 105 to two as your score. <laughs> I like it. It's in pen, so I can't only change. In, uh, great cup games, I go something wild like that. <laughs> Kelly, great to have you on the show, man. We'll do this again next week. Hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy all the hockey, and of course, the Super Bowl as well. You got it. Thanks, pal. That is Kelly Rudy checking in, former NHL goaltender, now an analyst with the NHL on Rogers. So you heard him say it about Oscar Clefbaum. He thinks Clefbaum's impact should be enormous for the Edmonton Oilers, but his fear is, you know, a lot of times in Kelly's mind, uh, a player coming back from injury has a really good first game back, has that burst, and then a little bit of uh, fatigue or some emotional fatigue might set in for uh, two or three games after that. The Oilers will be better with Clefbaum. I don't have any doubt about that. Will they be good enough? Will the improvement be enough for them to stay alive in the playoff race and ultimately snag a spot before the end of the season? You will hear from some Oilers players. You'll get some comments from Ken Hitchcock as well as we roll along. It's 6.20. Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. Now, these were the lines that Oilers practice. They hit the ice at 5 o'clock at the downtown community rink. They'll practice again tomorrow morning and then fly to Philly. These were the lines today with Hitch. Well, with any coach, it's always a we will see. But here's how they lined up today. McDavid between Lucic and Raddy. Dreisaitl between Reeder and Chason. 
Nugent Hopkins centering Kara and Cassian. And Brodziak between Cave and Pugliarvi. Now, as you probably remember from before the break, or I guess just after the break, Spooner and Yamamoto were sent down. Brad Malone has been called up from the Bakersfield Condors. He did not make it in time for practice. 41 games with Bakersfield this season. He has 24 points, uh, 183 NHL games in his career. He's been uh, mostly a minor leaguer in his career. We've seen him briefly before with the Oilers. He is who he is. Depth forward who can kill penalties and check a little bit. So uh, maybe he'll get some looks here. The D was Clefbaum with Larson. Nurse with Russell. Manning with Benning. Sekera and Gravel rotate, rotating with Petrovich. So that is how they lined up at practice. Obviously, Clefbaum and Sekera are on injured reserve. And as I told you earlier, Clefbaum will skate again tomorrow. And then we'll see if he goes to Philadelphia and Montreal and plays on the weekend. Ken Hitchcock was on Oilers Now earlier today with Bob Stoffer. Here's what Hitch had to say about Clefbaum. Well, we have to be careful because he's not going to come back to us 100%. In other words, he's not going to be up to the speed of the National Hockey League. He's missed over 20 games. That's going to be difficult. So we've got to be realistic there. Is he going to help us? Yes, a lot. We know that. But this is a double whammy for this organization. Uh, Sakara, who was the one or the 1A, and Clefbaum, who was the one or 1A, are both gone missing. And to win in the National Hockey League, missing your one and two defensemen is very challenging. So Cliff Baum's injury hurt us in two ways. We lost a good player, but more important, we were thin when we were looking at the top end of our lineup. And I said this the night before to, to Peter that we were talking about the lineup, and I said the two guys we cannot afford to lose are Connor and, and Cliff. And then we lost both Cliff and, and uh, Chris Russell in that, game in, in, in Colorado and that put us on a little bit of a spin here. So it's a combination. I'm, I'm really curious and excited to see how we look, at least at practice, with both Clefbaum and Sakara going full speed in the next two days. And I, I'm, I'm excited and curious to see what the team looks like because when you see them during drills, not scrimmages like it's going to go on the next two days, they look like they're a cut above everybody, which is going to help us a lot. So I don't know when they're both going to play. Uh, we're going to know after the, the second practice how far both guys are away. But but just on puck movement alone, they make us look a lot faster and a lot better. All right. Well, here's the thing. I, I you know Clefbaum. I'm relatively optimistic he comes back and he contributes. If Sekra comes back, and, and I think we're still in if mode with that, then we wonder if he's anything like the player he was two years ago. Because if you get that, if you get Clefbaum and that Sekra back. Your team's a lot better, but much larger question marks about if that is the Sekra you're going to get back. Uh, A little more on the Oilers. I believe we're going to have Alex Chase on calling in, so we'll bring you that in the next half hour. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chan. 
ask me to be your savior. So Sherwood Parks, Carter Hart, once again in goal for the Philadelphia Flyers. He's been very good lately. Flyers trailing the Bruins 2-1 late in the second period. Also in the second, Devils leading the Rangers 2-1. And about 13 minutes into the game in Winnipeg, the Blue Jackets have just gone ahead of the Jets 2-1. NBA tonight, good matchup in Toronto. Milwaukee leading the Raptors 31-27 early in the second quarter. Two top teams in the Eastern Conference. Milwaukee, in fact, a half game ahead of Toronto right now for that top spot. The Edmonton Oil Kings will play at Prince Albert tomorrow. The Oil Kings lead the Central Division. PA leads the East. The Raiders, incredible. 41-6-2 to this point in the season. Golden Bears hockey tomorrow at home to Lethbridge. Lethbridge hosting Nationals this year, so they will be in the tournament. Golden Bears forward Luke Philp will join us a little bit later on in the show. Thanks a lot for tuning in. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Ched, the Oilers back at practice today. Brad Malone has been called up, didn't get... Uh, get there in time to practice at the community rink, but he uh, will be going with the team on their road trip. Will Oscar Clefbaum be going? Well, we're uh, waiting to see some comments from Clefbaum after today's practice. Yeah, I think the break came in a pretty pretty good situation, I think. Um, obviously, we didn't. the team didn't play um, as well as we, we hoped before the break. Um, so once again, we, we see this as a fresh start now to, to come together and hopefully win some games here in the beginning because it's going to be crucial. Every, every game now is going to be like a playoff game. Uh, we really need to get together as a group and, and, and get at least one, two points every night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, a little bit there from uh, Oscar Clefbaum, and we'll get some comments about his uh, finger-slash-hand injury as well. He is not for sure to play on the weekend. Another story for the Oilers is the goaltending situation, and Miko Koskinen got the three-year contract extension. Cam Talbot's an unrestricted free agent. It appears that his uh, days with the Oilers are numbered maybe they extend into the summer and he signs somewhere else as a free agent maybe he gets traded Hitchcock has said he's going to play the better goaltender doesn't care about the extension he will play the better goaltender and that's how he'll rock and roll with that uh but as for Talbot what's his situation how does he feel about being on this team is he looking to be traded well here is the uh, raw audio of Talbot's media scrum from the community rink just a few minutes ago anytime I get the net just go out there and give our team a chance to win uh, nothing's going to change for me my mindset is to help this team um, make the playoffs and that's my mindset moving forward is that I mean, I put enough fuel and motivation on myself as it is. I don't think that I need any outside uh, influence in that. So, like I said, I'm just going to go out there, um, play my game, and continue to give our team a chance. Cam, a lot of stuff's been in here. You guys lost a coach, you lost a GM. You're put in a different position than maybe you've been in. And everyone needs to put it together and win a bunch of games. Uh, is it complicated? Uh, no, you got to go out there and find a way to win games. I mean, that's the simplest thing you can do is go out there and, you know, come together as a team. There's no better time than now. we got 32 games ahead of us, and, um, you know, we have to approach each one like it's a playoff game. Every game's a must-win from here on out. We just have to go out there and put our best foot forward. You have a coach that says he doesn't really care about contracts. Or anything. He doesn't really, he's not looking at the future of this organization. He wants to win now. He said he's going to go with the guy that's the hottest, I guess. Is that, how does that appeal to, to you if you just got to get on a roll and, and he's going to go with the guy? that he thinks is going to go best chance to win. 
I mean, like I said, I'm just going to go out there and, and play my game and hopefully give us a chance to win every night. I mean, that's my mindset moving forward, whether or not I'm back on the net the next night or not. Um, my, my mentality is to just go out there, uh, play my game, and uh, give us the best chance to win when I'm out there. Kevin, what was kind of the sense of the leadership group that you were part of when you guys were told and found out that Peter had been left just fired at the break? I actually wasn't in that meeting. <laughs> I haven't been in those meetings for a while now. <laughs> Okay, I'm a lengthy break, a couple of practices, and boom, you're on the road. Is that a good way to get things going again? Uh, you could say that. I mean, it's, uh, you know, we're a little bit behind the eight ball. It'll be their fourth game after their break as opposed to ours. But, I mean, we got two, uh, one good practice under our belts, and we'll have another one tomorrow and jump right into it on the road. So it uh, might be a good thing. Just get out there and play hockey. I mean, it's huge getting him back in this lineup. Um, he was our workhorse before he got hurt. Um, you can see, um, you know, how how much he's uh, he comes to play down out there and what he does for a power play and everything like that. So he was playing some of his, the best hockey of his career, in my opinion, before he got hurt. So uh, hopefully he can bring that mentality again. And have a guy like that help um, obviously, anytime you put your uh, top pairing defenseman back in the lineup, it's going to help the goaltender. So, um, you know, he's great out there communicating. Um, the chemistry between him and Lars is huge. So, anytime, like I said, you can add a guy like that back in your lineup for a stretch run like this, uh, it's definitely not going to hurt. All right, so there's Cam Talbot, Oilers goaltender. Some comments on getting Clefbaum back. He, uh, he said he hasn't been part of the leadership meetings uh, with the team for a while now. So, that was a little interesting there. And saying what you would expect him to say regarding Koskinen getting the contract and Talbot's future a little bit uncertain, he, he's going to try to stop pucks and win games. Uh, you know, what else is he? What else is he going to say? I don't think th- I, I would. I would wager a pretty substantial sum of money that that was not a good day for Camp Talbot when he found out about the Koskinen extension. But uh, I mean, look, the, the thing that serves Talbot best, obviously, is still to be an excellent goaltender. Because then his value in the summer goes up if he proves like, hey, I can still be a starter or or an outstanding backup. Clefbaum, here's his comment on coming back from the finger injury. I'm getting there for sure. Um, it feels really good to be back on the ice. Uh, spending some time with the guys again uh, means a lot. Um, it's been uh, it's been a long wait, and uh, can't wait to be on be on the ice to play some games here now. And um, like I said, I'm very uh, very glad to be out there with the guys. All right, so he, and we'll get Brendan Escott on the show a little bit later on as well for what he saw at practice, but uh, several people covering practice tweeting out Clefbaum did go off to the side, get the finger looked at by the trainer. He ha- it does have some padding there to protect the left ring and pinky fingers or, or the fingers on his left hand, and we'll see. He may not be able to go in Philadelphia. He may. We'll know tomorrow morning. Again, I think this all ties together, talking about the Oilers' goaltending, talking about the Oilers' save percentage. When they get Clefbaum back, they should spend less time in their own end. Will it be enough to win a substantial number uh, of games, enough to get them into the playoffs down the stretch? That is still the question. But I have have no doubt they're a better team with Clefbaum in the lineup. How much do you tie in the save percentages? I, I think you can tie in the shots against... I mean, they've been outshot 17 of their last 20 games by about nine shots per game. Like, they have been badly outshot. I, I think you can tie some of that into Clefbaum's absence because he can get a shot through. He shoots more on the power play. 
and and he's better at getting the puck out of the Oilers' end, so they're in their own zone a lot less when he's on the ice. How much do you tie his absence into the save percentage? To me, that's probably more debatable. Uh, again, those stats I gave to Kelly. Hitchcock takes over November 20th. Between that day and December 15th, the Oilers lead the league in save percentage at 923. And no coincidence, they go 9-2-2. Two, and two. Since then, so since the middle of December, the Oilers' save percentage is 880. That's third worst in the NHL, and they've gone 5-12. and 12. So Clefbaum's going to help. Koskinen and Talbot have to stop the pucks when they're in there. There have been too many questionable goals, deflating goals, go in for about the last five weeks. There are other problems on the team. They need to forecheck more than the other guys to score. Reader, Lucic, you go down the list. Uh, but uh, the saves have to be there. And we saw that in Detroit. As poorly as the Oilers played, at least they had a chance in the third period and Koskinen let in a goal that, that should not go in. Ken Hitchcock, here's what he said on Oilers Now about the goalies. We went on a run because of the goalies. We went on a run because the goaltending save percentage was in the 930s, which we that's what we need back again. If we're going to make the playoffs and we're going to go on a run, we have to be the goalies have to be the story. And quite frankly, they got to be the story on any of these teams that are going to get in. Ben Bishop yesterday tossed a shutout against and held for it the last five minutes against Buffalo. He made five incredible saves at the end of the game um, that, and, and gave him a shutout. That, that's, that's what the stories are right now. If your goaltenders are carrying the day and they are the first or second star, you're going to win a lot of hockey games at this time of year. And both guys did that for us before. And for us to get to the next level and be a playoff team, they're going to have to do it for us again. So it's not negotiating for this is just the facts of life that that's what we need to get up to the next level. All right, a little bit there from Hitch. By the way, you can get his full conversation with Stoffer on the Oilers page on 630chat.com. Brendan Escott will tell you what he saw at practice, and we should be getting to Alex Chase on here before the top of the hour. All ahead, Inside Sports on 630chat. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. All right, I appreciate you tuning in tonight. So the Oilers games this weekend on 630 Chad, they are early starts. We'll have a 9.30 a.m. face-off show on Saturday, game at 11 from Philadelphia, Super Bowl Sunday, 10.30 in the morning, face-off show, game at noon as they take on the Montreal Canadiens. Then on Tuesday, the Oilers back home to play Chicago. My name is Reed Wilkins. This portion of the show presented by Furnace Family, your 24-7 furnace repair and replacement specialist. Call 7804-FAMILY or check them out online at FurnaceFamily.com. So Ken Hitchcock uh, had that great burst when he took over as the Oilers, he's now five as the Oilers coach. He's now 500 overall, 14, 14 and two. Obviously, he did a lot of thinking, a lot of watching film over the All Star break and the bye week. And there will be changes, at least he hopes, in how the Oilers play. Well, I think the the whole concept of things is how do we spend more time in the fun zone, which is the offensive zone. We got to play more on our toes. We got to play more predictable offensively, and we got to play more on the attack. How do we do that? Obviously, we've we, we got to find ways so that the players 
look like we're quicker on the ice so that that we, we spend more time on the attack. So we're going to put uh, systematic principles in place that allow us to be more predictable, allow us to play quicker, allow us to put more numbers in on attack, and allow us to be in a position where we can support each other a little bit quicker and easier. And I think those I think we're capable of doing that stuff. And I, I'm looking forward to to the next two days of practice to see how this works. Um, I've done this before, and it's been very successful. I did it in St. Louis, and it was very successful. And I want to put some of these uh, principles in in place and 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 see where the guys go to that. I just felt that that we were too slow um, leaving the break, and we exposed ourselves because of that. And and now what we need to do is the tempo has gone up in this last third of the phase. It's going to go up. The checking is going to go up. It's going to be harder to create offense. Uh, there's going to be less room on the ice, which you see now. Um, it's, those principles have to be in place for us to get to the next level. So that's been an ongoing issue for the Oilers, hasn't it? they got to play with more pace. They play too slow. they got to play quicker. And this is beyond skating fast. It helps. But moving the puck, passing the puck, making quick decisions with the puck, and they, I mean they were really bad against Carolina and Detroit. They they were really bad, especially through the first two periods, and they couldn't pass the puck. They didn't move it quickly. They they didn't look like they knew where they wanted it to go. They didn't look like they knew where their teammates were going to be. They didn't look organized on the tack. And Hitchcock talked in that clip about predictability. And he expands on that here. I think that predictability comes under pressure. You know, you you expect different plays from people when there's limited pressure. You know, when you have a an odd man rush or you have a three on two, you have a four on three, you have a two on one, you expect different things from different skill sets. But under pressure, under pressure, we need to put principles in place so the guys aren't hesitating. And secondly, uh, where you want to look the same is when the opposition has the puck. So when the opposition has the puck, you could take the names and numbers off our sweater and we could look similar. And that's what we're trying to get in place here. So we're trying to put automatics when we're under pressure and automatics when we're putting the other team under pressure. But on the creative side, when there's odd man rushes or there's odd man situations down low in the offensive zone, there's some guys that have the green light to make the next play, and there's some guys you just you want the puck pounded at the net and let's hunt for rebounds. So those players know who they are, and they know how we teach, and, and like any coach does that. But under pressure, we want to look similar as much as we can. All right, a little bit there from Ken Hitchcock earlier today on Oilers Now about being automatic and predictable, especially when under pressure. So they will work on that. Pleased to welcome a special guest to Inside Sports. Alex Kaysong arrived on a PTO, now playing on the top line, now trying to win it. In over the blue line, wrist shot, scores! Alex Kaysong, top right corner! And that is Alex's shootout winner from Vancouver a couple of weeks ago. And we welcome Alex Chase on to Inside Sports. Alex, you're on with Reed. How was your break? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, break was good. It was nice to uh, nice to get away for a little bit. But uh, glad to be back here and get things on the way and uh, get the second half of the season going. 
Well, and you guys obviously, unfortunately, sitting on a, on a bit of a losing streak. I, I just played your highlight of the shootout winner. That was the last game you won. You had the homestand that uh, obviously didn't go your way. And, and I, I think you, you were on hold there for the end of that hitch clip when he spoke to Stoff earlier today about working some of the hesitation out of your game and becoming a little bit more automatic and predictable, especially when you're facing pressure. From a player's standpoint, how, how do you translate that for people listening? Um, I think we're the best way for, for me to, to, to say this in a simple way, I think we, we have to play on our toes a little bit. Um, sometimes uh, we're, we're getting caught trying to make reads, and it uh, looks like our, our game and the way we defend or the way we play might be a little slower than it should be. And I think the, what we talked about today was trying to simplify our game where it was uh, more playing direct and uh, so everyone can feed off each other that way. Uh, I caught on a little bit at the end, too. Uh, Ken was talking about some of the guys with the green light, obviously, you look at Connor, Leon, Nuge, uh, those guys can create a lot, you know, a lot offensively with, with their skill. Um, I think some other guys, uh, including myself, I think we have to be a little more predictable by creating offense, and that's going to give us second and third opportunities. And um, obviously, we're, our offense is not as good as uh, it, it has to be for, for us to have any success here down the road. So I, I think those uh, those were the things that he uh, talked about. And as a player's perspective, I think that's the best way for, for me to put it. Yeah, well well said. Alex, I, I can tell you for, from doing this job, and, and I do our post-game show with, with Rob Brown, who, of course, uh, you know played in the NHL, got to play with Lemieux early in his career. And we have talked a lot about the starts of games. And, and even before you got here, the Oilers often weren't a good first five-minute, ten-minute, first-period team. It seemed to me, as as observer, the starts to the games against Carolina and Detroit, you know, weren't very good. You fell behind, didn't have a lot of pressure, and I know you tried to rally in the third, but it was it was tough at that point. It, it was that. Does that come down to maybe just some of the things you were talking about that that Hitch is trying to correct with the pace and the hesitation? Or is, does that come down to maybe mental preparation and readiness when you don't jump out of the gate? I'm curious how you see that. Well, I, I think for me as a player, I think um, that that to me is it's all mental. It's how you prepare for the game. Um, I know I, I've tried to translate that a little bit. Obviously for me last year I, w- I was part of an uh, exceptional quality team. Um, when you played us at home till the first TV timeout, we played a direct game, and it didn't matter if it was Ovi, Kuznetsov, Backstrom, you know, our big guys. We were playing direct, and everyone, we were creating our own tempo, and the other team was trying to catch up to us. Here, I feel like we're we're starting behind. We're, we're kind of watching how the other team is going to come out and play, and then more often than not, lately, we're a couple goals back, and in this league, um, it's hard to come back when you're down two, three goals after the first 20 minutes. So uh, I think for us as players, um, that has nothing to do with the coaching staff. That's that's on players to get ready for the first five, six minutes, play a direct game, 
know where we're going, know our outs, and, and know that we don't have to score in the first – we don't have to win the game in the first five or six minutes, but we can for sure lose it, and that's what we've been doing a lot more lately than earlier in this season. So uh, I think that, that goes with mental preparation, how you prepare, how are we going to attack the first five, six minutes – and uh, like I said, I think that's on us players to take ownership of that. Oilers forward Alex Chason joining us live on Inside Sports. The Oilers uh, recently just wrapped up their first practice back after the break at the downtown community rink. Alex, thanks for your time. Just a couple more for you. Uh, you know, the, the, the line shuffling. I, I know every coach does it. Uh, Todd did it. Coaches you had in the past did it. Hitch is, is, is quick to do it. I, I don't know if the lines today are going to be what you line up uh, – in the game in Philadelphia on Saturday. How, as a player, do you deal with maybe a little bit of uncertainty in terms of who you might be with from period to period or even sometimes from shift to shift within a period? Right. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a, no different coach. Uh, obviously, you do different things. I, I think for me, uh, I've learned a lot throughout my career. I, I've played, obviously, on a lot of teams. I've had a lot of different – I think I've had nine coaches. So uh, I've obviously a lot – I've seen a lot of different styles. Um, I think for me that the, the best way is um, I love to watch the game. I, I, I mentioned this earlier this year. Uh, even in practice, I watch how, how some guys play. And obviously when uh, I'm playing – if I'm playing with Connor and Leon uh, with those guys, I have to adjust my game to uh, how they play. And if, if I'm playing with just Leon and someone else, I know um, how Leon wants to play and drive our line. So I, I try to give him as many touches as I can uh, in a neutral zone or offensively because I know he's, he's uh, a threat uh, in that area. So, um, you know, I, I think you adjust to that as a player. Um, it, that's probably the best way to, to say it is you adjust to it as a player and you try to see who you're going to go with. And um, But I, I know every guy on, on our team and how they play and how I can make my line mates uh, successful. I, I know um, when you're playing with Connor, obviously uh, things are different. He drives a lot of the play. He can create a lot. Um, but at the same time, that you, you have to be, realize when you're not playing with him, you need your line mates. Like I'm, I'm a player that I need my line line mates for me to play well too for us to be successful. So, I think everyone has to adjust to that, and that just comes with I think experience and uh, being comfortable. And uh, I think guys have to be okay with you know talking to a guy and you know uh, letting him know that it, his game has to be better or uh, just for yourself as well. All right, last one for Oilers forward Alex Chason. I, I save the, the softy for the end, Alex. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Nugent Hopkins, uh, you know, I've seen him play his entire career. Uh, I know earlier, you know, three, four years ago, and, and fans would ask us, you know, is, is he going to evolve defensively? Is, is he strong enough? We don't get a lot of those comments anymore. We get, we get a lot of how valuable he is to the Oilers as, as a thorough two-way player you've seen him as an opponent now you see him as a teammate how would you uh characterize nugent hopkins yeah he's uh he he does a lot for a team that um uh, i think the outside viewers or the people that watches the game fans that don't see 
uh, as a player, you, you have to appreciate a player like that because he brings valuable depth. Um, he brings work ethic. And, and, and Nuge is a guy that uh, he can play with anyone. He makes everyone better. Uh, that's the best way for me to, to, to put it is how uh, it doesn't matter who he plays with. He can drive his own line. He can add to someone else. Uh, he plays, obviously, in our situation. Uh, he's a big character guy in the locker room, and uh, he means a lot to this team. And uh, I think, you know, sometimes he gets, he gets a little bit lost behind uh, Leon and Connor, but I think everyone in the room uh, knows how valuable he is to our team. And um, I know you've, you've mentioned about his defensive play. Um, you know, he's critical for us down low. He's a guy that makes really good reads and um, – He's good on the breakout. He's a guy that will give the second and third effort to, to come back in our end. And um, he does a lot of the little things the right way. And uh, I think for us as players, the guys that have been around playing this league for quite a bit, I think you appreciate that. And uh, that's big value for a team. Alex, thanks for making time for me tonight. All the best this weekend against Philadelphia and Montreal. Really appreciate you calling in. No problem, guys. Have a good night. That is Oilers forward Alex Chason live on Inside Sports. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.